0: Our week eight FanDuel cash and GPP lineup scored a miserable 81 and 99 points respectively. We'll discuss what went wrong and get you ready for week nine with a full cash and GPP lineup all coming up next. Hello everyone, I'm Eric Lee with the Fantasy Football Consultants. Folks, normally after I record, I am spending a lot of time on Saturday assessing value, looking to see uh, from a talent perspective who might be good uh, to switch out and in into our lineup. What I am not used to doing, nor do I ever want to do again, is analyze detail, wind, and weather conditions across the NFL. Look, we say in our NFL DFS class that weather is completely overrated. But the one thing, well, along with heavy rain, the other thing that we are concerned with is heavy wind. And it was right to consider it last week. We faded Buffalo's passing game. We faded New England's passing game. We faded the Raiders, Cleveland, and Minnesota's passing games, and they were all good calls. Unfortunately, we made a bunch of bad calls as well. Um, Well, first of all, Kareem Hunt, I had him in almost all my lineups and really disappointed in what I thought was a really good uh, matchup where I expected them to throw a lot of short passes his way and, and rely on the ground game. Did not work out. But there are two particular things that really hurt the construction of our cash lineup. The first thing was the timing of the Seattle Seahawks game. On the video last week, I said I was very high on Carlos Hyde because it looked like Chris Carson was not going to play. And if Hyde wasn't able to play, we would just pivot uh, to uh, the next man up, which would either be Travis Homer or DJ Dallas. Well, Unfortunately, that game was in the late game, and if it was in the earlier game, I would have been able to assess that Chris Carson is, in fact, going to be out because the rumor was it looked like he was going to play at the beginning of the morning game, and Hyde was out, and Homer was clearly not at 100%. I would have loved to start D.J. Dallas, who, of course, went completely off at a very small salary. Because I needed to go off, and and I couldn't do any late swap because all three running backs that I put in my lineup uh, played in the morning game. So so I needed to replace um, Carlos Hyde in the lineup with what I thought was a very good pick, Jamal um, Williams, who was benefiting from Aaron Jones being out. But here's the problem. The only one that I felt comfortable was either going to be Derrick Henry and Devontae Adams that I had to roll out of my lineups. Because of the weather conditions, I leaned toward uh, taking out Devontae Adams. Yep, I had Devontae Adams in all four of my FanDuel, DraftKings, Cash, and GPP lineups because I loved his matchup. And um, I took him out in three of them. Uh, Yes, it's the same Devontae Adams that scored three touchdowns, and one of them being on the one-yard line on first down, which they could have handed the ball off to Jamal Williams. Anyway, 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 uh, I digress. The other thing that really, really hurt was Jimmy Garoppolo, who I had in all my lineups, just about all both of the cash and GPP lineups on FanDuel, because I felt, wow, we should definitely be able to get a good floor out of Garoppolo. The weather conditions are great. He's playing the 32nd-ranked pass defense from Seattle. Seattle will score a lot, so San Francisco will be forced to pass. What I didn't foresee was that Garoppolo would get knocked out of the game early in the third quarter. And boy, was it aggravating to see his backup Nick Mullins throw for 238 yards and two TDs in garbage time, which should have been Jimmy Garoppolo. Enough of my whining. it's just, it's just frustrating, to be honest with you guys. I want to give you guys good lineups and good logic, but I am hoping you're doing what I've always asked you to do. Take a look at my reasoning and my lineup and adjust it accordingly to your opinion, because your opinion out there, our FFC community is very sharp, and it was really difficult to recognize just two people uh, to qualify for our contest. So there were like five or six really good calls. I narrowed it down to the three of my opinion the best and who gave the best arguments for their correct call. So I'd like to give it up to Joe Angorola, Christopher McMullen, and Brian McAllister. Now to see everybody in the FanDuel qualifiers, take a look at the description. If you don't know what I'm talking about, we are qualifying for uh, a contest later in the season, once we get up to 19 qualifiers, those 19 will take me on. And uh, for two weeks straight with a full FanDuel lineup on FanDuel, the person who finishes first for the first week will win $50. We'll do it again for a second week and that person wins $50. So it's not too late to qualify. Just enter into the comment section, who you think on the main slate on FanDuel, is the best deal, meaning we'll do the best given their price. Also state the reasons why you think they will do well. And then finally, your FanDuel username. All right, let's get it. Let's get back on that horse, folks, and take a look at the main slate for Week 9. All right, folks, let's get into the cash lineup first. And at the top of the list of most expensive players, the guy who hasn't played for a good four or five weeks, Christian McCaffrey. Welcome back. We are not going to pay up uh, for McCaffrey in a, in a game which I think they may uh, you know, not give him a full workload. But the person who will get a full workload at only $7,300 is James Robinson. Look, folks. You could get wealthy just streaming competent running backs against the Houston Texans. Add to the fact that this week, Gardner Minshew is not going to be here. So they're going to go with a second stream uh, quarterback. And that could be that they rely a little bit more on the run or some short passes. What we love about James Robinson is how much heavily involved he gets in the passing game. Just his overall touches are great. I think uh, FanDuel is, is not, doesn't have enough uh, salary here. $7,300 for a top line running back in a dream matchup at home. We're all in. $7,300. All right, here we go again. This next pick reminds me of last week's Carlos Hyde pick. Due to injury, that happened after the salary came out, there is a guy who is woefully underpriced. Look how far I have to scroll. At only $4,700. Still scrolling, folks. (laughs) Uh, Before we can get to Matt Breida. So Miles Gaskin is absolutely unequivocally out. The other thing that we're absolutely sure of is His replacement starting will be Matt Breida, as long as Breida is healthy. So in the last three weeks, only Matt Breida, besides, of course, Miles Gaskins, has gotten any running back carries on the Miami Dolphins. Now, I know the Dolphins signed DeAndre Washington, but it doesn't look like Washington is going to be able uh, to pass the appropriate protocols and shouldn't be available for this game. So who else do they have? The corpse that is Jordan Howard, who hasn't really been used in the last month, uh, and a couple other guys, Lynn Bowden and Salvin Ahmed, who I've never heard of, and I like to think that I'm reasonably knowledgeable about the NFL. So um, I think the only key is his health. So I feel uh, comfortable um, putting putting him in the lineup, but we got to watch the news. We got to make sure that he, in fact, is going to play. Danger, danger, danger. His game isn't until 425. So what I'm hoping is he gets a good practice in, say, on Friday, and he loses this uh, injury tag, and we know that he's going to play. But if this is a game-time decision, you guys, as well as me, need to make the the decision of whether we want to pivot elsewhere or at least have a late swap opportunity that we like in the late game that is around his price or double swap. Anyway, for now, we've got Matt Breida in our lineup. All right, let's go to wide receivers. I'm very excited about the three wide receivers I have, because at a reasonable price, I've got three number one wide receivers. Now, you're going to argue one of them isn't a number one wide receiver, but I will argue with you and all three of them are in excellent matchups. Let's talk, let's start with the best one at $7,600, Stefan Diggs. You know what? I remember not being sure in the offseason, would John Brown be the number one wide receiver or Stefan Diggs? I thought it would be Diggs, and man, definitely it has been. Diggs has the fifth most targets of all wide receivers. Josh Allen loves this guy. And, of course, he's going up against the Seattle Seahawks, who are dead last against the pass. So um, Stefan Diggs is in. The other guy that's in is on the other side of the ball, Tyler Lockett. Now, this is the one where I thought that maybe some people – would argue with me saying D.K. Metcalf is the number one wide receiver. The honest truth is it's a really 1A, 1B situation. I'm a big Seattle Seahawks fan. But if you press me and you made me pick who the number one wide receiver is, I would say Tyler Lockett. Now, Tyler Lockett has averaged nine targets a game this year. Will he get nine targets this game? Probably nowhere near that. He'll get four or five targets, or 13 or 20. This guy has been completely on are completely overshadowed by uh, Lockett in a particular week. I think this week, though, is going to be set up for Tyler Lockett. Why do I say that? He goes against the Buffalo Bills. What do the Buffalo Bills do really well? They have really good cornerbacks led by Tredavious White. Tredavious White should almost surely be on DK Metcalf. He's not going to be on Tyler Lockett in the slot. So room the roam, and I'm looking for a big day out of Tyler Lockett. The last wide receiver is definitely a number one wide receiver. He is uh, at $6,100, but he's only a number one wide receiver due to injury. It is Marvin Jones Jr. from the Detroit Lions. Kenny Galladay is out, and I talked about why I love these matchups, this is another really good matchup for, uh, for one of our guys. Marvin Jones Jr. is going against the Minnesota Vikings. Let me be frank with you guys. Minnesota has no pass defense. They have no cornerbacks. They have struggled to contain any wide receivers all year long. Devontae Adams, twice this year, absolutely has torched them. Marvin Jones will be the number one wide receiver here for only $6,100. That's where we're going. All right. So I want to turn to my tight end. Where are we going to go here? Really do like uh, Travis Kelsey, but I simply couldn't afford the extra $1,600. And by going with Darren Waller, we get what I call Travis Kelsey light. We get a guy that's not as good as Travis Kelsey, but uh, because his team's offense isn't as As good as Kansas City. But we get a guy who is just as involved in his team's offense. He's got a good matchup here against uh, the LA Chargers. You can see he has averaged nine targets a a game. He's just had that really one stinker where he really wasn't at full health uh, against New England. Otherwise, he's been uh, a big part of this offense every week. He's well worth the $6,400 that FanDuel is asking for. So he's in our lineup. All right, folks. Now we turn our attention to quarterback after we get a little bit of lay of the land. And we're not going to go dirt cheap at quarterback this week, but we got a guy that is a little bit cheaper than the top, top line guys. But I think he can give us really good production At $7,900, who am I talking about? I am talking about Justin Herbert. Just take a look at what Justin Herbert has done this year. And he has been absolutely amazingly consistent. Look at these FanDuel points. 23, 38, 27, 24, 16, and 23. So he really has been able to really connect With Keenan Allen, Mike Williams is back into the regular lineup, Hunter Henry. So he's got lots of of weapons to to choose from. And I love his matchup this week, playing at home. There's no place like home. Thank you, Dorothy. It took you a little while. (laughs) Um, Playing at home against the Las Vegas Raiders, who you can pick on in the air. He has an implied total. Of 27. So that's enough for me. Justin Herbert is my starting quarterback. All right. Now, with $12,600, I've been able to be disciplined to get the guy I really wanted in my flex. So it's going to cost us. Show me the (laughs) money. Running back, Dalvin Cook. Uh, At $9,300, look, we've all known how good Dalvin Cook uh, is. But when you can get Dalvin Cook, when you can check truly all the boxes, it's really hard not to to start him. Dalvin Cook this week, what do we want from a running back? We want from a running back that's home. We want from a running back that uh, is favored. And we would like to have a running back who's getting a lot of touches. Dalvin Cook has averaged 23 touches this, this week. Of course, he's the goal linebacker. And, of course, um, he gets heavily involved in the passing game. And the one final cherry on top, uh, he plays a Detroit Lion defense that has been very poor, consistently poor. Uh, not just this year, but last year as well, against the run. So, Dial Cook, last position is at defense, and we have $3,300. Doesn't leave a lot of opportunity for a lot of different defenses, but I'm a big – of the options, I'm pretty happy to get an Atlanta Falcon team that is at home, that faces a – Denver Bronco team, which who at times has struggled um, to put points on the board. All right, so that is my cash uh, defense. Herbert, Robinson, Breida, Diggs, Lockett, Jones Jr., Waller, Dalvin Cook, and the Detroit Lions. Remember, we're going to monitor the Matt Breida situation. And as always, don't just put this lineup in and go, that's all we're going to do. We shouldn't have as many changes as we did last week because of the weather, but we will potentially update this lineup to the extent that we see value or we need to to, to switch off Brita. All righty, let's go to GPP. All right, everybody, this is my GPP lineup. So I always start GPP with a stack. And to me, it was obvious the game that I wanted to stack. I, I'm guessing this is going to be very popular. It's uh, the Seattle and Buffalo game in a very high point total of 55, by far the highest on the main slate. And we will attack this game by attacking the 32nd ranked pass defense. I'm talking about the Seahawks. So we'll go Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs. Both of these guys have a very high ceiling. Josh Allen, because his ability to run the ball as well as pass the ball. And Stefan Diggs, because as I mentioned before, um, the fifth highest targeted wide receiver. We're going to take it back with Tyler Lockett. Like we said, we like that he's coming out of the slot. And clearly, Lockett has proven he has a tremendously high ceiling. So let's hope he hits it this time. The other wide receiver is Robbie Anderson. So Robbie Anderson is someone who still, uh, even though DJ Moore has come on, still leads his team in wide receiver targets. And he's a guy who I think is in a really good game script playing at Kansas City. I have no doubt that Kansas City is going to put lots of points on the board, which is going to force Carolina to be in passing mode. All right, let's talk a little bit about our small stack. Remember, a small stack is what we call is when we try to match a running back to with his defense. We have to be telling a story here, and the game script has to support the story. What's the story? The story is that we think Houston is going to dominate their opponent. Well, thankfully, the makers agree Houston is a six-point favorite uh, against Jacksonville, who won't have their starting QB. So we think if Houston can jump on top of them Uh, Their defense should be able to pin their ears back and go up against a backup QB who's going to be forced to throw the ball. And on the other end, uh, Houston should be relying more on the running game as they protect their big lead. So that's what we're doing there. Let's talk about the other two running backs. Two running backs, I think, that also have a very high ceiling, partially based on game script in the situation of James Conner. Look, the highest favorite on the board is the undefeated Steelers playing the Dallas Cowboys who want a third string QB. So uh, game script wise, I think Pittsburgh is going to jump all over them. Remember how bad this Dallas defense is, in case you have forgotten, uh, they're dead last, 32nd against the run. Uh, So... This is something that you would expect James Conner just to completely expose. The other running back that we have is Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds is at at home. Remember, Kenyon Drake is out, and they just had their bye. So they're coming out of a bye fresh, knowing that Chase Edmonds is going to be their starting running back. I love all the boxes that Chase Edmonds uh, checks here. He's a home favorite against a Miami team that's having to cross the country. Um, they, uh, he has a very good uh, implied total of 26. I expect to see lots of touches from him. Gets heavily involved in the passing game, that's for sure, and will be the featured back. The only thing I have to hesitate is arguing that Chase Edmonds is the goal line Not Not because another running back is going to take the ball in, just because of this darn quarterback, um, uh, Kyler Murray, is very likely to carry the ball in himself. He has averaged one touch, rushing touchdown per game this year. So I would say he's a semi-goal back. Anyways, that uh, who else did I miss? Um, uh, just Irv Smith. It's easy to miss. He's a punt play. But um, I think uh, I love his uh, implied total. Um, Minnesota is expected uh, to score a lot of points, implied total of 28. And, you know, he does have games, win the right matchups. Two of the last three weeks, he's gotten good volume, five targets, four catches uh, for at least 55 yards. Let's hope in this very positive, uh, favorable matchup for him uh, against Detroit's rather weak defense, that he can come through for us. So, so that's our GPP lineup. I want to share a quick story with you guys. Uh, I had a very close friend ask me, uh, hey, can you do something uh, Tuesday? And I say, sorry, I'm, I'm always busy all day Tuesday and all day Wednesday because of FFC, because I do the, the final prep for the show, filming of the show, editing the show, optimizing the videos, and all that. It takes two full days. And my friend asked. Why do you spend all that time doing that? I mean, you're retired now. Why would you do that and commit to doing that every week uh, for like 17 straight weeks during the football season? Uh, I I just kind of smiled and said, because I'm living the dream. I mean, you guys have seen that old video, I'll put it on the screen if you hadn't, of me and my co-founder of FFC, Jerry Kurtzman, where we had our own show on our college campus where we talked about the NFL. It was a very small time thing. And we just lived for that. And it was all about being able to talk about the NFL and connect with other people and have them hear our opinions. Now, I thought one day I would do that because I'd have some small radio show or something. never know a concept of the internet, no concept of YouTube. And this is a thousand times better than any radio show. Why? Because I feel like I can get, have interaction with so many people through the comment section. Uh, And I am just so appreciative of this uh, experience. And I get just so excited about where we can take this channel. And I just want to thank all of you guys for being along for the ride and helping me live my dream. Until week 10, be safe, take care, and we'll see you next time.